welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. how we came into this with focusing on the awe of God. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're wrapping up our series today, our, our kind of vision series that we've been going through throughout January. This is the last installment in it. Next, uh, next week, we'll jump into uh, something new, which will be really cool and exciting. Uh, we're going to go into, yeah, I'm not, I'm just going to teach you what that would be good and exciting. Uh, but we're going to wrap up today, and we, let me just, we started with our DNA, right? We're talking about kingdom disciples engaging society, and out of that arises the church. So we're ending on church today. Notice that it all starts with a kingdom mentality. Dallas Willard, who is a philosopher, theologian, uh, written tons of things um, on spiritual gifts, on hearing God, uh, he says this about about the kingdom. He says, if you can understand the kingdom, if your identity, if you can have a kingdom identity where you realize like mentally in your mind that you are operating as a child of God, your identity is in Christ, you're in the kingdom, that is the path to emotional and spiritual maturity. Uh, it, and, and so that's why we started with kingdom. We started with kingdom identity. We talked about discipleship and what it means to be a disciple and how to hear and obey God and what that looks like and, and having a discipleship destiny and how that's all the same for each one of us is to have this destiny where we are making disciples as disciple makers uh, who are making disciples, who are making disciples, who are making disciples. And then we spent two weeks on engaging society because I think that is the biggest piece we miss. Now, we also miss kind of making disciple makers, uh, which is why we've switched things up at the church so much. But we miss engaging society. We miss what it means to be out. We have our rhythms at Trinity Life. We have up and out. Up is hearing from God. In is what it looks like in the community. And then out is engaging in the city, with the city, influencing our city, influencing our world. And we miss that as a church because we segregate ourselves into our little church bubbles, into our little uh, buildings, into our, our boxes, and, and we miss the out component. We miss this missional component. And, and so we spent two weeks talking about that because I still think we miss it sometimes, even in sharing in relationship with our friends and family, our coworkers, et cetera. We feel like we have to get uh, the entire gospel all in at once, and we got to tell them, you know, you're a sinner, you need Jesus. It's all beliefs, right? Uh, you need Jesus, do you want to get saved? Instead of just sharing our lives with people, like you would share about your children, like you would share about your job, like you would share about your friends, like you would share about your parents, like you would share about your spouse, like you would share about your favorite sports team, like you would share about that Netflix show you watched. Guys, if Jesus is your life, you share Jesus like you would share all of those things. And that's what we're trying to unlock in you. That's what we're trying to release you in. That's what we're trying to free you in to just talk about Jesus. And we said, that means we have to go where they are, not expect people to come to where we are in an awkward social environment, in a religious service, in a, in a building that looks archaic. 
uh, and say, hey, you come and do what we do. You stand up when we say stand up, you sit down when we say sit down, you sing when we say sing, you kneel down when we say kneel down, you open your Bible when we say open your, no. It's we go to them. Peter goes, goes, goes to, to where they are already. And it's why we do what we do. It's why we as Trinity Life Church are in St. James. That's why we have the new common space. It's why, uh, it's, it's why we go to the St. James Town Festival and be a part of that and push that forward and not say, hey, let's make our own Trinity Life Festival in St. Jamestown and invite people to that. No, we go to where, to where they are to be salt and light, to uh, share the love and the light of Jesus. So we talked a lot about that and all that is leading us into church. And remember, we're talking about multiplication. The church is not good at multiplication. It used to be. It is here. But the church today in the West where we are is not. We're not good at this. We're good at building our worship services. We're good at adding people into, their, into our seats. We're, 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 we're good at doing things like that, but we're not good at multiplication. And so today, we're gonna see, we're gonna see different characteristics of the church and, and what that means for us as Trinity Life Church. Uh, before, we get, before we jump into the passage, I wanna hear from you guys. So the question for today is, what do you love about Trinity Life Church? What do you love about Trinity Life Church? And so populate the feed there. Uh, for, for me, it's our willingness to try anything and to do anything for the sake of the kingdom. You know, one of our core values is boldness, which means we're, we're spirit-led, which means we're never satisfied with the status quo, which means we're always pushing, which means we're always trying to see, uh, trying to innovate, which means we're trying to be creative, we're trying to live out the image of God, which means we're never satisfied, which means uh, we can always improve, which means we can always learn, which means we're always ready for what God asks us to do, even if it goes against everything we've, all, uh, we've, we've uh, always known even if it goes against what we've been doing, right? Because we know that, he, that we want him to lead us and, and, and we want to take risks of faith and a boldness. It's why we have the new common. It's why, it's why we're the church uh, that we are. And that's what I love about uh, Trinity Life Church. So let's, let's see what you guys love about the church. Uh, let's go to Missy and um, see what's going on in the feed there. Okay, we have got... Um We've got some good stuff here. Uh, so it's a, uh, Chelsea started us off. She said, I love that Trinity Life feels like family because we share this kingdom-focused mentality. Yeah, uh, we love, love and serve God, each other, and our communities. I love my Trinity Life, life fam. I feel yeah. like these are going to make me cry, guys. This, That's great. Good stuff. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> um, Chelsea. Uh, yep, and Chandler seconded what Chelsea said. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Peter says the people, um, yeah. and Cora comes in with that and, and just like friends and stuff that she's made. Um, That's great. I assume they're <laughs> mainly talking about me in, in that, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Love um, you guys too. <laughs> I love this. Tarun says, I love how hipsters, how hipster my parties are. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. But we've got community. Dave's saying community. Yep. Um, but yep. oh, Tarun. Oh, sorry. There's a, he was a pastor's. How hipster my pastors oh, are. I didn't yeah. see that. Okay. Yeah. Scrolling. That's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> I missed that. Nice, Hilarious. nice. Um, I, turned, uh, I turned 40 a month ago. Is that still? Are you still a Am I still I don't, in, that, yeah. in that category? You could try. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Adam says, I love that no one can say, but this is how we've always done it. Oh, man. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, Someone can say that. He said, but... even though people try to say that. <laughs> but they're um, going to get jacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I, I've, I've, been in, uh, I've been somewhere before where they've, they've said that, and they said, uh, yeah. we've done it this way for, you know, this many years, like years. Yeah, yeah, 50 years, 100 years. Yeah. So why would we do it differently? And I'm like, uh, uh, that's uh. why. But Adam goes on to say God is always leading um, and our comfortable tradition or apathetic religion and people are experiencing mm. so much freedom in that. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. We don't want to get says, stuck. Yeah, yeah. Curtis says, um, like that we're willing to take risks and that our cool. engagement is global. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, love um, that. It's good. Allie says, I love the freedom in conversation and living life along with y'all. And I love the y'all there, Allie. Appreciate that. Um, there's that's, a big open heart. That's, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that's so good, Allie. Um, so many churches sometimes, or, or religious environments in general, and let's just say religious environments, can be so stifling where, where it feels like, oh, if we don't say the exact right thing, or if we, don't, if we don't do the thing this way, or if we don't believe in this specific theological preference in this way, we can't talk about it. Because it's going to lead to argument, it's going to lead to, to division. And I love that she notes that there's freedom in conversation, there's, there's openness there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, yeah, there's, we, we don't want to fall prey to what an author, Peter Enns, calls the sin of certainty where we become so certain about uh, some things that we can't have open conversations about them. We want to yeah. follow God and say, hey, uh, come, let's reason together. Mm. Right? That he says no, in good. Isaiah. That's really good. Um, do you want more? Because there's a lot more. Yeah, you better a go faster. More. Okay, well, but you got to stop talking. <laughs> um, Vanny says, um, we're always trying to improve. Maybe I should um, stop commenting on I, every... I, that's where I was going with it. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle says, I love that we genuinely seek God's voice daily. Uh, Wendy yeah. says, the freedom of letting the Holy Spirit move. Ariel says, KDSC. Archie says, my R3G. What, what? Um, this is so exciting. All the acronyms. I know. <laughs> um, and they were rhyming there. I was, I was about to start rapping. It was going to be fun. Um, Go. You don't want that. You really don't. Um, <laughs> Um, Joyson says, thankful for the people. They genuinely care for one another. She can have deep and serious, hard talks about faith. Um, yeah. Just thankful for the family. Um, Julia says that TLC doesn't let me rest. <laughs> LOL. Um, <laughs> there's always more to learn, more people to love, more places to serve. That's what she means. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah. Cindy said, kingdom, outfocused, family feel. Um, the church being one body. This is what Israel said. Um, the church being one body. <laughs> Isaac said, Mike Seaman is my favorite part of TLC. I should have just skipped that one. <laughs> just kidding. I love you too. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Chandler, uh, like not feeling like I need to be perfect or have to do enough church, quote, church things um, to be part of a family that loves me. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, I love um, that's quote. that's so good. Yeah. Keep yeah. on going, guys. Talk keep... talk amongst yourselves yeah. there. Uh, we <laughs> so gotta we gotta go in this passage, and yeah. uh, we could like stand here and listen to this forever because it's so, it's so good. confirming to what God's been doing yeah. with us and through all of us, right? Uh, and to to see community like that, guys. Missy and I. A lot of people think we came from communi a community like this, and that's 
that's why we started a community like this. No, actually, we came from communities not like this, from church, well, I should say from churches not like this, uh, which made us see, see the lack and the dearth of things. So that's why we emphasize the things that you all said uh, you love about Trinity Life. That's why we tried to build something like this, because we read this passage and we thought, the churches we've been part of aren't really doing this. And guys, if I'm totally honest with you right now, our church isn't really doing this. Like all the things that we said what, like, are great, but when I look at this passage, are we actually living this out as a church body, as followers of Jesus? And are we showing our world what the church really is? Because I think if we were, things like what's happening in this passage would happen. We'd see more people coming to faith. We'd see, we'd see more people selling their possessions and giving to people in need. We'd see more unity. We'd see all these things. So, um, so when, when we go through this passage, uh, I want to give you a lens to, to see our church for how it is, but also see where you are as a follower of Jesus on this journey of faith, because if you are a part of his body, then that means you're a part of his church, that means you're a part of a local body of believers, our, our church, uh, and you have a responsibility, we all do, to live this out. And guys, this passage is informing where we're headed as a church. And guys, we, we've been in this pandemic, in this quarantine, in this lockdown, whatever, uh, I can't believe it's almost been a year we've been in this situation with COVID. Uh, last night I said to Missy, do you even remember the world before COVID and how it was and, and, and what it was like? Like it's, it's like when you have kids, if you're married and you have kids and you, realize, and you, and you think, what, was it, what did we do with all our time before we had kids? <laughs> I said, I'm like, say that to Missy, so I was like, what did we do before kids? Like it's... Uh, it, it's totally different, right? So COVID totally changed everything. And as a church, we haven't sat back and said, we just need to get back to the old normal. Uh, we said, how do we take this opportunity and, and maybe shift the entire church culture in Canada? Because guys, I don't know if you've seen what's going on out there, but the Christian culture is toxic. You can, you can point to any number of, of church leaders in the last year that fell, that stuff came out about, uh, that uh, two of them died last year, and stuff came out after they died at how, how much, how, how toxic the culture was and the, and the lives that they were living secretly. Guys, that it, we become products of this Western celebrity church Christendom culture, and we have to shake ourselves out of it. Because our religious services on Sunday mornings aren't winning people to the kingdom. They're not. That's why we say Peter didn't start his own church service and say, hey, come over here. He went to them. And in this passage, you see, they go to the temple. They go to the temple. They don't start their own church building and say, come to our church building. They go to where the people they want to reach are at. 
that has to change for us. So guys, for us as Trinity Life Church, you've noticed some changes over the past year. Guys, some of these changes aren't going away. We're not going back to our old normal. Our, okay, our new normal isn't our old normal with masks on. That is not what we're doing. So many churches are trying to get, they just want to get back in their space. They just want to get the people back to in-person gatherings. They just want to, want to do what they did before uh, because that was comfortable. Now they have some semblance of normalcy. Guys, we don't want normal. We are not created for normal. Right? Actually, in, two, in March, we're preaching a whole sermon, uh, a sermon series on do we even want normal? It's called multiply disruption because this wasn't just an interruption for us. I think God is saying we want to disrupt this whole thing. This whole church culture we have, it needs to be disrupted. Guys, we weren't built for the status quo. As followers of Jesus, the kingdom is supposed to be different. It's supposed to look different. It's supposed to feel different. I was talking to someone a few weeks ago about raising kids. And they're talking about how, how don't, don't you want your kids to, um, uh, they're, they're saying, you know, uh, you, you want your kids to uh, understand more of the world, right? And to be, more, uh, to be more adaptable in the world's culture. And I said, no, I actually do not want that. I want my kids to stand out so much as followers of Jesus that people say, I want what they have. Guys, and we're so busy trying to look like the world, we're so busy as a church, you're so busy as an individual, trying to live in your house, trying to get that promotion, trying to be financially successful, trying to uh, have the kids, trying to get that nice fancy car, trying to get, your, and as a church, we're not any different. We're so busy trying to make our worship services pretty, have the lights, have the, have the uh, nice auditorium, have the uh, smoke machine, have the polished speaker, have all these things that we're missing the mission. We're missing the mission. Guys, I, uh, right now I'm teaching missional hermeneutics at a local seminary. Um, and in that course, uh, it's, uh, my, my students are, uh, uh, they're, they're, so, they're all church leaders, and they're so concerned about these old things. And I'm teaching this course on missional hermeneutics, and I'm talking about all these things I'm talking to you about right now. And, and, and guys, it just shows us as a church how, how uh, stuck we are, right? And so all those things that you guys said as a church you love about Trinity Life, I hope you really mean it, because things are going to change for us moving forward in the future, because we want to look like this church in Acts 2, 42 through 47. We want to look just like this church, and everyone loves to talk about the New Testament church, everyone wants to look like the New Testament church, but none of us are willing to take a risk of faith, like Curtis said, to be bold, to be afraid to lose everything, to like Vanny said, always wanting to improve because we're scared of what's going to happen. We're scared to lose what we already have. And we've never been a church who's scared of that. And fear, fear has to have its proper place as we're going to talk about in here. So let's go to the passage. I kind of got way ahead of myself. I just got really excited here. Um, so all the things I talked about, we're going to talk about in this passage. But guys, uh, God's doing something. 
God is doing something and I want you to get excited about it. The pandemic has sucked, the quarantine has sucked, this lockdown is horrible. Like um, when I look at, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I get all that, like people are losing their jobs, all these things, but there's so much that God is doing around us because of the loss of some things that I think we can capitalize to gain in the kingdom. The kingdom's economy is so much more different than the economy we're used to. And if we can put our kingdom identity in Christ in his proper place, you're going to be able to see that. And that's where this church is going. Right? That's where our leadership team is going. That's, where, that's the vision God's given us to, to lead our church. So it says here, and they devoted themselves to what? Guys, devotion there, that word in the Greek literally means they attended to these things constantly, continually. They always did them. They devoted themselves to it. To what? To the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of the bread, and the prayers. Right? I love how they have definite articles there. The prayers, the, the breaking of the bread, right? Uh, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship. They devoted themselves to these things. What are you devoted to? What are you constantly attending to? What are we constantly attending to as a church? For some of you guys, that's, you're, you're devoted to your, your checking account, your savings account. You're devoted to uh, your job performance. You're constantly attending to your children, and you're devoted to them. You're devoted to your spouse, and you're constantly attending to your spouse. You're devoted to uh, a, an illness. You're devoted to uh, that next relationship. You're devoted to your studies. Because we don't know what these people's lives were like before, but now, because they're followers of Jesus, they're not devoted to those things anymore. They're devoted to these things. Now, that doesn't mean those other things are, aren't a part of your life, but their devotion, their constant attention rests on these things things. It's their starting point. And so I'm not asking you to get rid of your kids, to get rid of your spouse, to get rid of your studies, to get rid of your job, to get rid of your house, to you know, get rid of your checking it. I'm saying, what's your starting point? And when your starting point is kingdom identity, when your starting point is focused on these things, then, then the other things will follow, right? The other things will, will come when you're focused on following Jesus. And I was talking, Miss and I were talking to our girls yesterday about this because uh, uh, we, just, just because there's so many distractions in this world, there's so many distractions. Uh, guys, uh, I, I can't get into this too deeply, <laughs> but there's just so many distractions. And I told the girls yesterday, I said, I don't want you to worry about any of those things. I don't want you to worry about what you want to be when you grow up. If someone asks you that, uh, just punch them in the stomach. Because <laughs> uh, that's the wrong question. What, and we're going to talk about that next week, actually, when we talk about vocation. But what do you want to be when you... That's the wrong question. What do you want to be now, girls? Do you want to be followers of Jesus? What do you want to be now? Do you want to follow Jesus? Then do that. Because if we attended constantly to this, to what we know to do as followers of Jesus, the other things take care of themselves. And you say, ah, it doesn't work. It does work that way. If you are in the kingdom, in this metaphysical, eternal metaphysical reality called the kingdom of God, where God acts, 
then it works like this. It's Psalm 37. You trust in the Lord, you, you commit your way to him, and he will act. It's the kingdom of God back in Psalm 37. He will act. Guys, this is my life. Like, if you were to see my life and Missy's life, it's our life. We attend to these things constantly, and the other things just come. Everything else just comes with it. Attend to these things constantly. Devote yourselves to these things. Dallas Willard, I love how he talks about the spiritual disciplines. He says here, he says about the spiritual disciplines, he says, um, I don't know exactly how I feel about this. I feel like Dallas Willard, he's a philosopher, so he says things sometimes that just kind of, you're like, ooh, I don't know if I agree with that or I do agree or I don't agree with that. I, I, I don't know. But he says this. He says, the spiritual disciplines in and of themselves, reading the Bible, prayer, you know, these things that we're talking about right here, the fellowship, all that, they're not actually transformative. And you're like, ooh, wait. But we talk about them all the time, and they're talking about it here. He says, well, it's transformative. They aren't the goal. The goal, guys, isn't to read your Bible. We made that the goal. The goal isn't to pray. The goal isn't to go to a corporate worship gathering. The goal isn't to share your faith. The goal is to hear God. And all of those things are vehicles for hearing God. The goal is to be an intimate, personal relationship with God. Those are just the vehicles. That's what gets us there. Right? Now, you can walk there, but you might not ever get there. Me, I'm going to jump in this Learjet right here, and I'm going to get straight to God because this is a guaranteed encounter with God and hearing God. So is prayer. So is all those things that we just mentioned. And so he's trying to get our focus off of these things and say, no, this is what, what John says eternal life is. It's, it's knowing Jesus. That it is knowing the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. So, okay, that was the first word, and we're almost out of time. Um, okay, first verse here. Let's, let's move on. Uh, and guys, here we're talking about up, in, and out. So the first characteristics of the church you see are up, and, and there's devotion. The second one here is, is in up, and it's awe. Awe. Now, this word in Greek is literally fear, okay? Like phobos is the Greek word, which is where we get phobia from, right? So it's literally fear. It's not a reverence. We try to, we try to downplay it. We try to say, oh, this just means we, we have a, uh, a respectful reverence for God. No, guys, he is, <laughs> he is all-powerful, all-knowing, He's omnipresent. He created everything. Like, we need to have a healthy fear. So it's different from 1 Timothy where we have this, there, there's this verse there, I think, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy 1.7 where it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, uh, right, but of, of love, of sound mind, of discipline. Uh, that, that word is a different word. Uh, that word is more of cowardice. Uh, which means it's an anti-boldness, it's an anti-bravery. So it goes against our value of boldness, right? So he says, God didn't, so it's better translated as like timidity or cowardice. God didn't give us a spirit of cowardice, but he actually uh, does give us a spirit of fear. When fear is placed rightly and its object is, is correct uh, and the object is God, then it's placed rightly in its proper context, 
right? Now, we all understand fear. Fear, fear um, dictates a lot of what you do in your life, right? Fear of losing your job, so you perform better. Fear of losing your spouse, so you, say the, you try to say the right thing. Fear of your kids not turning out right, so doing that. Fear of the economy, so you make these financial decisions. Fear of the unknown, fear, you know, uh, fear of what people think about us, so we act this way, and I want you to see this face of mine, right? Fear of whatever, so I put this on my social media uh, stuff. So fear dictates a lot of what we think like, but when fear is properly placed, it becomes awe. We put fear into what, uh, it, with God as the object, it becomes this awe where, where we are just, we're, we're just flabbergasted. We're in awe of what he, of, of what he does, of who he is. Uh, think about what fear does. Like, think about if you are in a dark uh, building where you've never been into it before, how you act. Well, um, you have a sense of urgency. Uh, you have, uh, you're very vigilant and, and watchful, right? Uh, and there's this intentionality with every step you take. So when we have this healthy fear of God, this awe, that's what we have. We have this urgency to live for Jesus. We have this this watchfulness, this vigilance that is a theme throughout the entire scriptures, uh, starting with the watchman and, and Ezekiel and, and before that, but also Paul says in, in Ephesians, make the best use of the time for the days are evil. Uh, you have this watchfulness, right? You have this, this wokeness from, from Romans 13. That's a word that people use, use now, but Paul's talking about in Romans 13. He says, hey, salvation is near today than when you first believed, so wake up, sleepy Christians, like, look around you. You don't know anyone to anyone except to what? Except to love your neighbor, except to love someone else. Now, put on the armor of, of Christ. Put on the armor of light. Clothe, be clothed in Christ, and now go make a difference in this world. Uh, that's a watchfulness, and that is an intentionality that comes with this awe and this fear of who God is. And I wonder, like Jeff said, if we recaptured this awe, if then we would notice the wonders and the signs that are already happening all around you, all around us. They're happening, guys. You're just missing them. We're here waiting for wonders and signs, and we're missing the very wonders and signs that God is doing in our midst because we're not in awe. We've lost our awe. We've lost our fear of God. You just made it a respectful reverence. And you don't respect him. And you don't really revere him. And as a church, we haven't taught you to do that well. We haven't, we haven't showed you what it looks like. And here the church sees the signs and wonders being done. Martin Luther, he says, the awe of God, these signs and wonders are found in the mundane. They're found in the everyday. They're found in when you're with your kids and you're preparing a meal for them and you're teaching them at the dinner table. They're found in uh, your work, whatever that is, and, and how you work is unto the Lord. They're found in that conversation or that argument with your spouse. They're found in uh, just feeding someone on the street. They're found in 
the mundane things that we should be doing every day. He says God is hidden in those places. If we can open our eyes and open our hearts, we will see that God is present there. We will see and, and, and know his awe. And if you can start seeing God in the mundane things in life, your awe of God will increase. Guys, I'm in awe of God every day because of the mundane things, right? I don't see someone raised from the dead every day, but I live with someone who was raised from the dead every day. And I'm in awe every day because of that, because I see Jesus in action. I hear from God on uh, momentary, uh, momentary, like every moment I'm looking for God's voice. And so we can do that. And that will transfigure your life from one degree of glory to another. Okay, next section is in. We're going to fly through this because <laughs> I could sit on these things forever. Next section is in. Uh, you see here two things, unity. They had all in common. They're all together. And generosity. Guys, there's a different kingdom economy here in verses 45, in verse 44 to 45, they had all things together. They, they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions, belongings, distributing the proceeds all as any had need. Guys, the kingdom economy is one of sowing and reaping. Our economy is of saving and keeping. That's a different economy. They're giving, not hoarding, right? They're sowing and reaping, not trying to save and keep. Guys, it's a different economy they're working under. They, it's changed everything for them. It's changed everything. So I could say so much about that, but that's in. We've made changes in our church to use, to, to do this through our threes, to be more, to, to be more like this in our threes. Um, so if you're not a part of an R3, uh, check one out, guys. Um, this, is, this is our church. This is where we're headed. Basically, if you're not part of an R3, I don't know how you can say you're part of Trinity Life Church. So um, that, those two things don't go together. Right? If you're part of Trinity Life Church, you're part of an R3. So check it out. It's not a Bible study group. It's not BLG. It's, it's disciple making. We want to make you a disciple of Christ. We want to we want to empower you, we want to build you up, we want to release you into the world. And, and so uh, unity, generosity are huge here. And then out. You see day by day, there, there's, there's two characteristics here, gratitude and favor. Day by day, attending the temple. They went to the temple. I won't, I won't talk about that more. We talk about that enough. But they went out together. No one's a lone ranger here. They're not doing it by themselves. They're doing this together. No rogue agents in the kingdom of God, guys. And they're breaking bread in their homes. They're breaking bread in their homes. They're, they're, guys, this means they've invited everybody into their lives. They're, doing their, they're not going to a church building. They didn't, they didn't construct a new temple. We've constructed new temples all over our city. They did this where they lived. They did church. They were the church where they lived in their neighborhoods. Guys, that's R3 all the way. It's, it's, it's where we're going. It's what we're doing. Uh, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So you see gratitude there, guys. I think 
so many of us do not know how to live out because we don't have lives of gratitude. You have lives that are ungrateful. You have lives you're like, oh, I wish I had that, I missed that. You don't live in the love of Christ and the abundance of it, so you can't give it out. You don't live in the light of Christ, you dwell in, more in darkness, so you can't give out, uh, the light out. You don't live and, and, and uh, eat of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, so you can't give that out. But here, they're so grateful, there's so much gratitude. Guys, I want you to see here that we have, Adam said this earlier, we have uh, bought a, how, how do you say it, short, short bill of goods or something like that. Um, uh, we've been sold something and we bought into something that is far lesser than what God has prepared for us. Far lesser. We've become satisfied with something that's far less. And once you see the beauty and the grandeur of what the church is, of who the church is, of what we can actually be, and then they saw that they were living it out in, in generous hearts, and it caused them to have favor with all the people. And the result is the Lord added their number day by day. Every day, those who were being saved. If you're not, well, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, the church in our present state of things, which is status quo, that's what that word means, that phrase means, the church in the present state of things has hurt a lot of people. Adam talked about this earlier, this church hurt, and a lot of you guys have experienced that. But I guarantee you, if the church was living like this, you would have experienced far less of that, far less, because we wouldn't have been so concerned about the things um, that ended up creating an environment that led to your hurt and your pain and your suffering from people who you should trust and who should love you. That's why I love that so many people said in the feed that they love that this is a family, that they love that we can have open and honest conversations, that they love that it's not a community of judgment, that they love that uh, there's, there's deep relationships and deep conversations, that they love that they've grown in their faith. All these things, guys, because uh, we are operating out of gratitude because we're trying to be this church. And for us as a church, we're almost eight years, we'll be eight years old at the end of this, towards the end of this year. Um, We've, we've made course corrections along the way. In this past year, we made a big course correction with R3s. And guys, it's new. Give it a chance. It's new. Uh, I get it. It's, it there's, uh, you can be scared of the change, but put your fear in the right place. Be, awe, be in awe of God. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be consumeristic. It's not going to be complacent. Um, but if we are following Jesus... If we're going to follow him, we're going to follow the spirit wherever he leads into, into boldness, into taking risks of faith, into hopefully seeing people added to us day by day because they're coming out of the darkness into the light. That's what we want as a church. We're not here to attract all the Christians. We're here to attract those who want Jesus and want something more than what they're currently living. 
who are searching for these answers, who are searching for identity and purpose and destiny and, and ways to influence that have an eternal impact on our city and our world. And as a church, we're called to give that to them. And we're gonna do that out of gratitude and, and earning favor with our city because the spirit is in it. And we want you to be a part of that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this example. Thank you for this word. And God, we are, in my mind, sometimes we're so far away from this. Keep on pushing us. Keep on uh, being patient with us. Keep on showing us the next step and, and where to go. We want to follow you and your spirit as he leads us into all truth. And we just want to honor you and give glory to your name as we stand in awe of you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father God. We love you, Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.